Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, Meg here, and you're listening to Full Time with Meg Linehan, a show all about women's soccer on the Athletic Podcast Network. We have got a 2012 rematch on our hands with the United States and Canada back playing each other in the Olympic semifinals. And I thought, well, who is the best Canadian that I know? And the answer, of course, is Sharina Med, and she is back on today's preview pod here at Full Time. Before we get into it, subscribe at The Athletic for all of our women's soccer coverage and beyond. There's always a deal for you at theathletic.com slash full time. All right, Shireen, we are we are friends. We are mortal enemies, maybe at least for <laughs> roughly, you know, sixteen hours, whatever time is left between now and the end of this game. First of all, I've decided. So you had Wendy's for lunch today. I actually went to a Montreal bagel spot. So we have traded each other's food in a very interesting dynamic but then as i was eating this amazing sandwich that i got on a montreal bagel i was just like we could technically call this game the battle of the bagels we could but i had french fries and frosty so i'm really not sure how this centers around me but i get i get what you're saying um I think this is a battle of everything, gastronomic, emotional, everything. This is really, I am, I'm thinking that depending on the result, I feel like the government of Canada needs to decide whether to keep the border shut or not. Like this is how (laughs) invested I am in this situation because Meg, August 6th, 2012. Do I need to? Do you want to revisit your trauma? I do. I do want to, and just trigger warning for any of the Canadians listening, because I know y'all are out there and for the, um, not so closeted Canadian soccer lovers, Steph Yang. Um, so what I'm going to say is I wrote about this um, for a piece that I had in the Walrus, which is, a, which is a literary magazine and a magazine in Canada. So it's about fandom. But let me just take us down this memory lane. Memory lane. The most excruciating moment of my life as a sports fan, you can stop laughing, Meg, <laughs> was in the summer of 2012. I was watching a women's soccer match between Canada and the United States at the semifinals at the London Olympics. Canadian captain Christine Sinclair had scored a hat trick. And after her third goal, despite the lack of coverage that women's sports receive on television, it felt as if the entire country was brimming with support and pride. It was a riveting gladiator-style rivalry full of physical clashes and thrilling set pieces until the match took a terrible turn. Norwegian official Christina Peterson called a foul on Canadian goalkeeper Aaron McLeod for holding the ball longer than six seconds, tantamount to wasting time. I was stunned. I'd been playing and watching soccer for almost 30 years and I had never seen that call before. I felt my face flush with anger and my shoulders tense. My children sitting around me in our living room were witnessing a sporting injustice the world away. 
At that point, Canada was winning 3-2. From the awarded free kick for the U.S. team, Peterson then called a handball penalty against Canada, and U.S. star forward Abby Wambach tied the game. When the U.S. won, almost inevitably, after scoring an extra time, I felt my chest tighten so much that it hurt. And when your heart breaks from frustration and anger, it is a different pain. There was no question that I was proud of the team, but the game was marred by such a bizarre call from an official for whom I will hold a grudge against forever. <laughs> Fans and columnists alike expressed shock at the call, and even Pia Sundaj, coach of the U.S. team at that time, later said she had never seen the call actually made in a match, let alone such an important one. Canada went on to win a bronze medal, but the events of that match convinced me never to visit Norway, irrespective of how beautiful the fjords are. <laughs> what I do find fitting, though, is that the moment of your greatest sports trauma is the reverse of my greatest sports trauma, just in a different sport, because mine is USA-Canada, but in women's hockey. Yeah, but that's so, not trauma. That's glory. <laughs> <laughs> For you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, so we do, like, it is kind of funny, though, that the, the two sporting events that I think the two of us are most traumatized by are at the hands of the other country in an Olympics with with a huge result. So are you, are you upset about 2010 or 2014? Because we've got Mostly one gold. 14 was, I don't think I've ever, ever been more upset about a sporting event in my life. Glorious. Like, that, Glorious. that to me is. See? So... <laughs> But so, it, that was because Marie-Philippe Poulain is amazing, not because the ref is a terrible Yeah, person. I mean, to be fair, though, right. But also, you like, yes, Abby Wambach obviously trying to, like, prompt that call into being made, but also the referee could ignore it. So fundamentally, like, you're could not she, really Could she, though? Bad. She was after Tang Credi in minute one. Let's rec- Megan Johnson of TSN, a dear colleague, wrote a piece today because all the Canadian sports journalists are out here feeling yeah. the most. Memories of London linger as Canada prepares for U.S. and soccer semis. She literally runs down the match from 2012. <laughs> Tank was being targeted by Peterson. <laughs> to be fair, you know, Tank Reddy had a little bit of a rep, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I call her Tank. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, what is really interesting, though, is, so, so Steph and I just wrote this whole piece about rivalries, right? And mm-hmm. 2012 is arguably one of the best U.S. women's national team games of all time, and I think it would stand no matter what the result is, but to have a 4-3 thriller back and forth, right, go into extra time. But Canada, like, there's been a lot of discourse kind of over the years of, like, is there really a rivalry between USA and Canada? Tomorrow could change that in theory, but as it stands, what I feel like the vague vibe of this is that Mad Men meme where it's like, I don't think about you at all when it comes to the rivalry part, right? Like USA and Canada see a lot of each other. Mm. Like we, CONCACAF, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, right? Even Algarve but, we used to, yeah, before you did yeah. She Believes. Yeah. Right. Mm. So, but Canada has never really been in that true rival. You know, it's Norway into Brazil into Japan. And mm-hmm. then now kind of a couple of European nations really trying to vie for that. Sweden, obviously, I think now really does have a <laughs> solid claim uh, as the the front runner. But I mean, to be fair, that could change tomorrow. I think one of the things is that um, Canada and U.S. have 
uh, rivalry. Yes. I think the most notable one in women's sports is hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, but soccer has been really interesting. And when you look at the iterations of what different teams have looked like, one could argue that, you know, Canada, the United States has always come out stronger. And I mean, Canada does very well in the Olympics, but we don't, it, it could depend rivalry. You could argue which tournament. So maybe the women's world cup, we don't, we don't advance. We really don't like beyond, you know, quarters but with the olympics we seem to do well and you know i'm from 2016 and we know the u.s team didn't do great at all there's a lot of dysfunction and implosion within the team um but canada managed to hold it together and i mean canada peaks at interesting times I'm, i'm really happy for this team i see a lot of hope and i see a lot of chemistry and i also really like this team from a political standpoint like meaning that they're They're firm in their beliefs and they're leaders in this country and they're a moral compass. Um, and I love that about them. It makes them more endearing. However, there's also just the raw skill. And it was a matter of, there was like, you know, the post Herdman and the, the Kenneth, like the, the whole, it wasn't a smooth transition and it was weird. And, um, and then you've got the ever positive Christine Sinclair just talking about, how awesome it is and how dedicated she is. And I mean, sometimes I think about that, like the pressure that she's been under and which we saw when they played Brazil and she lost her pen. I felt like years of pressure had just collapsed her and she was sobbing. Mm -hmm. And we all cried in our chat group watching that because she literally carries the weight of this country. And she's the most storied player in Canadian soccer history, no question, but what that felt like. And I think that, constantly being positive and you know she she keeps that positivity up for the team and that those goals and everybody loves her but just the way that was it becky that was holding her and like yelling at her like yeah janine becky like legitimately had her by the face yeah so i mean christine sinclair is somebody that's really hard not to love like it's hard not to respect her grit and her humility at the same time but this isn't only about Sankey. It's it's not just about her. It's about all of it. It's about what comes next. It's about, you know, for all of us up here, it's weird because our best players play in the NWSL, most of them, Canadian players. Like there's that, there used to be a brain drain. Now it's the athletic drain that goes down. So that's because we don't have, and last time I was on your show, Megs, we talked about how we don't have a sustainable, mm-hmm. we don't have basketball, women, or hockey league in this country. We have teams that play, like NWSL has a team in Toronto, but we don't have that. So our players don't really have a choice. MLS as a team in Toronto? Not for women, not for women. <laughs> no, 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 I know. I'm just saying, yeah, but there's no, there's no NWSL. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I meant NWHL. Sorry, did I say oh, NWSL? N- yes, NWHL. Yeah. Sorry, I meant NWHL. Yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah. I'm confusing them. So the Toronto <laughs> Six plays here, right? Right. But again, right. that's hockey. And, you know, yeah. it would be criminal if we didn't yeah. have a hockey team. It would yeah. legitimately be criminal. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the C-Dub. You know how I feel about that. But um, so for this, it's... It's a little bit more, and I think we always have to worship at the altar of American soccer to a degree because that's where the league is. And that pains me immeasurably to say that. But, you know, Sinky's been in Portland for years, and they love her. And now it's like an extension of Canada, almost, the Pacific <laughs> Northwest, because she's there. But we need this. We need this. And I, what I hate about Canadian sport is that I always feel like we're trying to convince those in charge that we deserve this. Like 
what the, like, what else do we need to do here? Like, and so this isn't just about the rivalry with the U.S. This becomes more, becomes more personal and it becomes more political and that we have to keep reminding them that we are in fact worth it. These women are in fact worth it. We need better here. And, you know, I can always gripe about Canada, you know, obviously, namely for its genocidal history, but also that we still are not doing all of Canada's medals, except for today, Andre de Grasse came third in, in the 100 meter. He won bronze. What, 98% of our medals are by women at the Olympics? Like, I mean, Andre's pulling through with a bronze in the 100 meter, right? Like, so that's legit. But where's all the other mans? Like, where are they? Where are they? They're getting money in their leagues. That's where they are. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. So how, what is, what has been your mood between Friday, the, the advancement in the, in the quarterfinals to then getting the matchup? Right, you know that you're getting the winner of USA Netherlands. So either way, <laughs> definitely a, a tough matchup. But Canada, I mean Canada Brazil was also kind of another instant classic, despite <laughs> being a zero zero game. That was hard. It was hard. I was up watching the pens, but it was hard because we love Marta. We love Formiga. This is their last Olympics, most likely. Like who they are. Then this picture that I had posted that, that went viral of Marta, Martha hugging Sinky. And you love that because it's when people greatness recognizes that greatness, but I was exhausted. Like the, 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 the nil nil, like I can't with that. Like I just, I'm like, y'all please somebody just, just somebody just score. Can't, yeah. you know, can't Ashley Lawrence just put it in. Can, can Kadisha not just go up and just put it, can somebody put it in please? But it's, I know, I know their backs, but I'm just saying that's how desperate I am, right? I'm like, because yeah. I would anywhere, anywhere, put it in the back Someone, of the Someone, just somebody. literally anyone on this field, go for it. Steph LeBay, where like, are you? Where are you? Uh, you know, like, but it was, I remember after that match, I was kind of like, there was a quiet because I hadn't yet processed the possibility. I had put Canada US in a semi out of my head because I, I was just like, I don't think I'm emotionally capable of handling this kind of thing. And then I remember I put in our group chat, I went, guys, and then nobody replied to me. I'm like, guys. We were, we were to be fair, down here, we were having our own <laughs> mental. Just Friday morning was a real emotional roller coaster in many, many ways. Mm. So mm. 
Yeah, yeah. And now by, you know, I, I got, yesterday was really a full day off for me, which was, I think, really the first full day off. Marjorie and I went for a hike. Yeah, I love you that. You know, we went, we went out for dinner, so that was good. So now I get kind of like a fresh slate for Tomorrow. this final week of games. Um, but in terms of, in terms of what you're hoping for, obviously no referee intervention, right? No... <laughs> but what else are you kind of hoping for from this USA Canada game? I think a a refresh like a refresh in terms of this. I think I mean Megan wrote this like we we need closure up here. <laughs> like we definitely <laughs> need some kind of healing that's behind this is almost a decade old this match, right? But I think a little bit to add to the discourse in Canada versus U.S. and as you mentioned earlier in the conversation about whether there really is a rivalry. I think in addition to fighting for respect in our own country, it's like global respect too. We've, yeah, we have a mix of an old and a young team. And I think that coming up in there, like, I would like to see that happen, like to see. And I will say that those who traditionally talk big are a little quieter this this time around for the U.S. women's national team. A little bit quieter. And I mean, it is very... I, I, I have seen, you know, the comparisons to 2015, right, which was kind of this rough group stage. Like, it did not really... Most of the rest of that tournament... Like, I was at USA Germany, the semifinal, mm -hmm. which was a very tense game for a very long time, right? Like... Julie then Johnson giving up a penalty kick, right? Like, I mean, there was, that was a very tense match. And then the final, the mood of that final was obviously so different mm -hmm. from the rest of that tournament, which had been very like, you know, I know um, a few people like to use the term squeaky bum time. Like that was the entire <laughs> rest of that tournament. This one though feels very different just because I think there is so much tension of the run up has had like, it's questionable moments of just like, are things clicking right now? But then all of the group stage, obviously the Sweden result was big gut check. But then the New Zealand game didn't really feel great either, even with the result. Mm. And then the Australia game, I think especially, mm. really did not make people happy. <laughs> I mean, I think the, the, one of the things that we see too is the pressure and from the outside as an observer who is very immersed in, in American women's soccer, you know, just from where I, where I sit, um, there's a tremendous amount of pressure on them. So like both of these teams, Canada and the United States have a lot to prove the U S in sustainability in terms of consistency and beating out that myth that they suck at the Olympics. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, and, and there's a pride and there's an ego thing here because arguably the best team in the world, it's just like you said, not clicking at the moment and let's see what happens. Right. Um, with Canada, it's like the same thing. Like they've got, they've got shit to prove. Like they have to prove to themselves. Like there's a lot of, I would be surprised if every single vet is not up at 3.30 watching this match tomorrow morning. Like, I, everybody is. I know that DMAC was like, I can't wait for this, you know? And, mm -hmm. like, just to – I would love to watch if I wasn't so emotionally invested. Like, I can't begin to tell you what a big deal this is. I haven't even processed. Like, my daughter texted me. She's like, we will be waking up for this match. I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh, all of us, the entire the, – the cat included, need to be there at my disposal for emotional support. Uh, <laughs> the boys, I have three sons, and they're not allowed to talk, but they need to be there. Um, my daughter and I are allowed to comment 
Um, <laughs> I'm going to set some pretty firm ground rules on what I need. This is very firmly about my daughter and me and our live trauma as Canadian footballers. <laughs> uh, because it is, it's like, it's one of those things. And like Canadian sports media rarely agree on anything. We, we, we rarely agree. This is one moment in sports where we're all like, nah, fam, <laughs> that yeah. was, that was bad. It was bad, Meg, bad. It was unjust. And I didn't choose those words lightly. It was, and the one time where Christine Sinclair, as we know, had it out with a rough after and so much that Christina Peterson wrote up a report to FIFA to report her. I don't know if it was IOC or was it FIFA who she's, I don't know who you complained to, but, you know, later on, Sink Sink was quoted as saying that we felt like it was taken away from us. The result was decided before the game. And I was like, those words, those are fighting words, man. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't necessarily, I feel like she is very much like, I, I will move silently throughout the world and you will know by my actions more than my words. But then when she does decide to talk about things, you pay attention to Christine Sinclair. Because she doesn't love doing yeah. media. And yeah. in fact, doing media with her is very painful sometimes. Because <laughs> you have to like draw, like I love her oppressors because she's clearly like, I do not want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> like mixed zone. I think, but also now like there is kind of this mutual understanding, like especially for those of us who have been around a while and, and if she like kind of knows who you are and she, there is kind of this wink of like, you know, I don't want to be here. I know that you know that I don't want to be here. So. So everybody knows we'll it's the worst get, kept we'll secret in soccer. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, it is and it then, is deeply enjoyable. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, the last time I did press at a game was uh, before 2019, before the Women's World Cup. Canada played Mexico. In, in Toronto and uh, like she she did the of course she did the presser and then she's just like I'm out I don't even, like I'm just out and then you know then you've got like Ashley Lawrence and Labe who then spoke and even Jesse Fleming's being reared even though she's supposed to be the the next Christine Sinclair they're trying to train her to be more comfortable <laughs> with media so she has a couple little words but then she too ducks out like she's yeah. she's not it's not her thing but I mean this is this is a team that's full of you know, and, and I'm not going to say, I don't want to say this out loud because I'm also not ready for the retirement of Christine Sinclair because that's something else that I don't think I'll be able to be prepped for emotionally. But, you know, like she's, this this could be her last Olympics. I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that, that I, I you know, I, yeah. Formiga played till 43. So I, again, I could be wrong, but I just think that this is something that we need to do for Christine Sinclair and sometimes I wonder if it affects the team in a way that we center her so much in Canadian women's soccer but then I realize who she is and what she's done and I think that's okay it's probably the only player for whom and she doesn't even like it like she doesn't yeah even she, hates it. she hates it <laughs> which I think makes it, it easier for the team yeah like as an actual team to center her because they know everything that I think we've ever heard about Christine Sinclair as a leader, obviously like nothing is about her. Everything is for the team. And Mm -hmm. so I think that does make it easier for the team to kind of embrace that. Like if you're not going to hype yourself, we're going to hype you. We want to do this for you. And I think one of the very 
beautiful but also painful things of this particular Olympics Games is realizing that this is going to be the farewell for a number of players, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that has been something that has been at the forefront, but also I don't know if we're necessarily giving people flowers. (laughs) Like, I think yes and no, right? But, you know, the fact that Brazil bows out, right, and... That is absolutely Formiga's last tournament is likely Marta's last tournament, right? Mm-hmm. But like we're losing players now that have been all-time greats that have never quite hit the peak, mm-hmm. right? So they have never like yes, they maybe have gotten individual awards, especially in the case of Marta, right? Mm-hmm. But like you've never seen them, you know, it's kind of like Messi, right? Winning that trophy. Like you don't get that kind of big cathartic moment where it's like this is what made it not necessarily worth it, but like this is what's going to get this player kind of beyond legend status and into like, no, that like the legend was accurate. Mm. And I think that's been, especially for me, the painful part for Marta is she got all the individual accolades, you know, accolades. There has been so much narrative around her as a player. And then it's just always been like, just not enough. Just not enough. Just not enough. And I think that's that speaks to the, the time that they came into women's football and what it looked like, and it was far more fragmented, and it wasn't – I mean, now you're getting in, you're having players come in, and Lynn Williams' experience is arguably arguably going to be different than someone else's, right? Like Jordan Huitema's is going to be very different. And, you know, the the vets versus the youngins. And, I mean, in Canada, there's a clear divide. I mean, there's some that are on the border, but, like, it's right. pretty clear. Like, I remember I interviewed uh, Janine Becky a couple of months ago, and or maybe a year ago now. I can't even remember. I think it was over a year ago. Something that they did a campaign for during COVID with a company in Canada, an organization uh, providing um, masks and face shields and everything, um, PPR, sorry, for mm-hmm. for frontline workers. And she was just like, yeah, we, we do all the social media. Like, we do the TikToks. We don't let them do the TikToks, meaning like the older crew, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't, we do all She was trying stuff. to imagine Christine Sinclair on do, TikTok, t- yeah. and it is. Um, and, you know, it's it's all those things. So there's there's that that breaks so the experiences of the younger players. But the interesting thing is that the culture remains of that team, and they're very cognizant, particularly in, in with reference to Canada. There's very much, you know, and and I've said this before that the way the team has come out and supported Quinn, the way and there's just there's we will just be like this that they they've knelt in, in, in qualifying matches they've knelt very you know authentically uh for black lives matter because it's important to them we have a team that is also diverse it's not an all-white team we've had stalwarts on the team like desiree scott like ashley lawrence is considered even though she's not old she's considered a bat you know so i think there's that's really Nichelle Prince. Like, I, I mean, we have a team that is that values that and has those conversations. And so that culture will remain. But, you know, there's this is a game that has a lot to prove for both sides. You know, and I, I if this goes to a penalty, I don't know if this goes to pens, what I will do. I just, I hope it doesn't go to pens. I feel like we're getting years taken off our life in this. <laughs> Olympic tournament, like, honestly. I 
wear hijab and I'm grateful. Otherwise, y'all would see my gray hair because this tournament, especially after the Euros, like I was done. I'm like, I'm never, I'm breaking up. And what soccer, I mean, not uh, hockey did to me this year, I'm with all the shenanigans on hockey and how wretched that place is. I was like, you know what? I, I deserve better for, I'm going to open a cat cafe. I'm done with, I'm, I'm done sports, man. And I may quit tomorrow again. I may never watch soccer again after tomorrow. I don't know what kind of heartfelt, sad essay I'm going to have to pen. I'm preparing. I don't know. It could be one of joy. I have a tweet planned in my head, directed at you, maybe. Um, <laughs> okay. And I mean, stuff again. You know, stuff is really both both sides. I don't really know. Is. I'm very curious to see how she handles tomorrow. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, and even my co-host on Burn It All Down, we are recording tomorrow morning just for some reason. Ironically, we always record on the weekend, but the schedules were as such as we couldn't today and or yesterday, and so we're doing it a couple hours after. <laughs> that match and you know amira tweeted it she's like usually i mean i'm talking spicy to shireen but i'm laying low right now (laughs) just we want to cover like i'm not even out here bragging because i'm i'm just everybody everybody's nervous everybody's nervous there's trepidation meggers like the vibe the vibes are (laughs) the vibes of this tournament across the board have been anxious (laughs) we are all we are all anxious all of us, like, I don't have therapy this week, but I feel like I need to text her and have an emergency. Because it's a long weekend in Canada as well, right? The Civic weekend and, and, and the first weekend, first Monday in August is off. So it's a long weekend. So I, I expect that there'll be a lot of people watching. I would actually like to see the numbers for this, despite it being like a 4 a.m. Yeah. match. I think there'll be a lot of Canadians up and watching this because this is, for those that remember, I remember... <laughs> All right, real quick before we go, any any quick thoughts from you on the other semifinal, which is Sweden versus Australia? I did see uh, an update about a bunch of uh, fitness uh, stuff happening. So Australia is going to be losing a bunch of players potentially. So Sweden, you know what? I don't. They're they're just such a what situation? <laughs> like you know, like when we think of Sweden, we think of them to be. Like, and we shouldn't because, like, they're reigning, they're reigning Olympic champs. But you're like, where did they come from? They don't necessarily show up strong, but they show up consistently. And as we saw, you know, uh, we can't take them for granted. I think that's what they do. And they're like the dark horse of the, of the tournament. I mean, I don't know if they're the dark horse. I feel like they, they are the favorites at this point of the remaining teams. They are, I feel like, very clearly the favorite. And I'm not I'm not doing a I'm not doing a Commonwealth thing, but I had I expected in 2019 I was out there saying I thought Australia would do really, really well and they didn't. So maybe this is their time. I also think that like you talked about individual accomplishments, Sam Kerr is one of the best footballers in the world, hands down. Hands down. But again, her team has not reached that pinnacle. They'll win like, you know, they'll win uh, you know, AFC. They'll win you know, that kind of stuff, but on the world stage. So these are all, it's really complicated. I don't know. I was just like, and I'm trying to write a thesis, Meg. I'm like, I, it's terrible time. Got stuff going on. Got stuff going on. But like, it's like, this is really important. And I really hope that moving forward, people don't discount 
Olympic tournaments for this because also the ways in which, I mean, we had, you know, a, a player from Zambia score two uh, like hat tricks. Like this is really mm-hmm. important. Um, and to see players that we might not normally see. And I like this. Do I want the United States women's soccer fans to be a little bit humbled because they must be like Sweden? What? Am I enjoying that? Yes, because your fans are, you might not know this, Meg, but women's soccer fans are a little rowdy. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I hope that everybody's healthy. I hope that the players are healthy and they get the supports they need because all of the Olympics have been like a complete mess. So I really do hope they get that. And, I mean, without saying too much, I hope that – I actually just really want Australia to, to come forward. I think they would be riveting – in the, I mean, uh, it, it makes a really great story ahead of 2023, right? If they if they manage to upset Sweden tomorrow, like, whoo, that is a major, major win for that team. And it's a major, major win for the development of women's football in Australia ahead of the 2023 World Cup. Definitely. And I think that we need to like think about what I love about this in particular of the Olympics is that it lets us look at football in more of a global context because even the women's world cup doesn't do that. We tend to focus on European and North American teams, whereas the Olympics are giving us an opportunity to look wider to to more globally. And I love that. And, you know, I, again, Sweden, I mean, they could just, you know, Ikea is a consistent thing. (laughs) Their furniture is good. It's solid. Structurally speaking, Sweden is consistent and they're doing that, you know, lingonberries for everybody, I guess. I don't know. Lingonberries, one of the few fruits I like. So, yeah. Here you go. Why not? I mean, Meg, if we're not thrilled about whatever happens tomorrow, you and I can get together and have lingonberry jam while we meet in person again, if the borders okay. open, depending on what my conversation, <laughs> yeah, depending on, depending on whether, you, you know, if we come up there, if you, if down you come there, down, we'll, we'll figure it out. Right. But I mean, if, if anything, this is just a tale to tell us about how important women's soccer is. And I think that's the greatest takeaway we could have imagined. All right. Well, that's a perfect, perfect place to stop. So until bright and early tomorrow morning in the group chat, we'll just, <laughs> We'll just keep surviving until then. Oh, I'll send you a picture of my espresso at 4 a.m. <laughs> All right, sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thanks for coming on to the pod, Shereen. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to our Olympic coverage here at Full Time with Megalyn And thank you to Shereen for taking time out of her Sunday. We can, <laughs> we will, we will see what the group chat is like tomorrow. You can follow all of our Olympic coverage at The Athletic, and you can support our women's soccer coverage by subscribing at theathletic.com slash full-time. Full-time does not exist without the work and support of senior podcast producer Michael Zimmerman. I'm Meg. Thanks for listening. Steph and I will be back in your feeds tomorrow morning to process the semifinals and our bronze and gold medal matchups. Mm-hmm.